You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. We are the Metal Geeks Podcast, and on this show we have heavy metal, comic books, video games, movies, theme parks, and more. Wait, 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 comics? Yep. And movies? Exactly. Video games? Yeah. Metal? Of course. How does theme parks fit in this? It just does. All of us Metal Geeks can be found at MetalGeeks.net. At Metal Geeks for Twitter. Metal Geeks on Instagram. And Metal Geeks on the Facey Space. You can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe today. Metal Geeks. Welcome to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. I am your host, the monster. We are Venom. I got my own parasite. Parasite? Sorry, sorry, Venom. I I meant symbiote. That's better. What do you do for fun around here? I want to do a podcast with you. What the hell is a podcast anyway? Well, it's a weekly show where I talk about the latest news in sci-fi, movies, and TV. You're such a nerd. Now I'm a loser on two planets. The Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Hello, and welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. I am your host, The Monster, back to give you another week of sci-fi news. For this podcast, our big three topics are going to be news about the new Howard the Duck TV series that's coming to Hulu with Kevin Smith writing. I will also be talking about the latest news about the Suicide Squad that James Gunn is supposedly going to be writing and hopefully directing, in which there is no Harley or Joker connected. And lastly, I'll be talking about the CW's Arrow TV series reaching its 150th episode. So, if you have not been keeping count, this is episode 199 of the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast, which means next week's podcast, which is not going to be a sci-fi news episode, but rather a special bonus. Well, let's clarify. It's a commentary that Mr. Gene and I did for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So if you want, watch Scott Pilgrim. If you have it on Netflix or you have your DVD or whatever, you have your copy and sync it up to us doing our commentary on that movie. And on top of that, there is a bonus video that I did. So both are going to be released sometime on the 22nd of next Friday. So that's going to be my little celebration for that. So putting that aside, we have lots of little tidbit news to get into. Um, Starting off with Marvel Comics. If you would like to get free comics, and who doesn't like to get free comics, uh, Marvel Comics is celebrating Black History Month with five free comics. Uh, You will get the Black Panther number one that came out in 2005, Black Panther World of Wakanda number one, Marvel's Black Panther Prelude number one, uh, as well as Black Panther number one that came out in 2018, as well as Shuri number one. So those five comics are yours for free. You just need to go to the Marvel Comics website and type in the word forever. 
as a way of redeeming the code. So once you do that, those are yours to keep. So very happy about that because I was I want to read about Shuri. All right, so moving on. The Santa Clarita Diet is returning finally for season three. And that's coming back on March 29th. If you have not watched that series, it is dark and funny as hell. Especially Drew Barrymore. Really gives a great performance each and every episode. That basically is that um, she's contracted like a zombie-like virus. So she has to eat flesh in order to kind of sustain herself. But it's the way that she goes about getting the flesh and her family is involved in doing all these various things. It's pretty hysterical. So if you have not seen it, I encourage you, go watch that series. Really funny. Next, we have Bob's Burgers and Family Guy being renewed for another season. Just like family, uh, The Simpsons last week. But at least with The Simpsons, I don't watch that anymore. Whereas Bob's Burgers and Family Guy, I do watch more on occasion than The Simpsons. So putting even that aside. So there was talk about, for Marvel, a movie about the internals for the longest time. And looks like that's going to be beginning production sometime in the summer. But if you remember Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy 2, he is a celestial, which is Star-Lord's dad. So that character and other characters like him, taking place millions of years ago, that's going to be that storyline, however way they're going to work on that. So we'll see how that goes. Now, Hellboy, if you watch the first trailer with David Harbour, not everyone was crazy about it, including yours truly. So Mike Manola had tweeted out that there's going to be a new trailer this week coming up, and supposedly it's going to be much better than the previous one. So fingers crossed and see how that happens. Next we have a new direct-to-DVD movie, which I'm kind of a little leery about, but it's Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, as like Superman versus Batman, I'm sure there will be some kind of confrontation. And hopefully not fight more less than 20 minutes and then become friends at the end. But in any case... That's happening. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I, I'm, I, I like Ninja Turtles a lot. Not to the point that I want them to cross over, but it's becoming that Batman will be like the new Scooby-Doo in which Scooby-Doo meets, you know, the X-Files or Supernatural or WWE. You know, it, it does all these crossovers that it's like, okay. But I'm hoping that Batman doesn't do that any further, but we'll go forward on that. Okay, the casting news. This is huge. Thanos himself, Josh Brolin, is going to be playing Gurney Halleck, 
who is the Patrick Stewart role in the Dune that was directed by David Lynch. So he is taking over that role. And at the top of this podcast, Jason Momoa, who is Aquaman, is playing Duncan Idaho. So that's another great character that's in the Dune series. And I'm kidding. This movie is, the cast is becoming fantastic. I am beyond myself about how well this is developing. And the only thing that has not been confirmed, but it seems to be rumored that Zendaya, who played MJ in Spider-Man Homecoming, will be playing Chiani, which was the Sean Young uh, role in that movie. So we'll see how that all pans out, but my God, that is really good news. So if you're a big fan of Breaking Bad, good news. You're going to get more Breaking Bad. It seems that they're going to bring back Jesse to be in a new movie for Netflix. So it's not so much I'm the one who knocks on the door. It's just this line of, I was the guy standing next to the guy who knocks on the door. <laughs> so I'm like, look, I, I have no problems with, like, say, Better Call Saul taking place well before the events of Breaking Bad. But I don't know if it's going to work with Jesse being by himself or he's going to get a new crew or he's going to start cooking up. I mean, I, I think it was well enough alone the way it ended with Jesse being able to be freed. But, you know, stranger things have happened. All right, so we're coming pretty close to our time. I'm going to speed it up here. So uh, season three of Jack Ryan that's on Amazon that has been renewed for another season. So it was already confirmed for two seasons, and now we got a third green lit. So that's kind of cool. I was really happy, like I said, about the series for the most part, considering that the developing the, the villain's backstory to be more empathetic, but towards the end, it just became too rushed, in my opinion, and kind of fell flat. So the other news is that Nickelodeon is trying to develop a Star Trek animated series, which I don't know if that's going to work because we already are getting so many other Star Trek series on the CBS All Access. So I know Nickelodeon is going through a rebuild phase, but it just seems like this is too much too soon. And they are doing other shows as well. Like, And I know they plan to do uh, bring back the Are You Smarter Than the Fifth Grader with John Cena, but it just seems that Nickelodeon and Star Trek are not necessarily what I would think in my mind about a Nick show. And I think they're also planning to do uh, a SpongeBob spinoff on top of all that. So that seems kind of like, okay, but Star Trek doesn't seem like that's the right mix. Okay, so that's going to be the end of the tidbit section. So I'm going to take a quick break and then come back and talk about Howard the Duck. You ever been curious about the real or fictional worlds? In the beginning, there were laser kings <laughs> and giant robots. Those who created... I'm going to feed you to this tentacle monster now. <laughs> no. Or what inspires. And uh, I remember... 
being in my room with my brother. And we immediately, like within five seconds, he decided he was a DC fan and I decided I was a Marvel fan. And we were <laughs> going through and sorting out all of the comics. And you might enjoy UB Tigers, the only podcast show where we take life by the tail. Now available on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes, and of course your favorite podcasting hour. This is UB Tigers. All right, so the first bit of of our topics that we're going to be doing is going to be on Howard the Duck. Now, me being old enough, I still don't get Howard the Duck. But we live in an age where we have a talking trash panda named by Rocket Raccoon that is adorable and is funny as hell. And I think now that that's been established, sure, we can do Howard the Duck now. Because it kind of makes sense, especially since Howard the Duck made two appearances in Guardians of the Galaxy. One at the very end of the first movie, and the second appearance was somewhere in the beginning. And I can understand the appeal, but growing up in, for the comics, like the tagline was, um, Trapped in a World That He Did Not Make or made, um, it just, I don't know. It was nothing that I, it was appealing to me. Um, I might've collected an issue or two just because of the cover. There'll be like a little guest starring Spider-Man. And then that's how I would get kind of pulled in. It's because Spider-Man is going to be in there, not because of Howard the Duck. Now there's a lot of to, to unpack here because we have the film that came out in the eighties. Then we also have the comics that came out back in the 70s. And then now we've got this new TV series. And then there's a whole added situation with Marvel and Netflix that I want to talk about. So what I'm trying to understand the history of Howard Duck. And for the most part, it was one of those situations where it's trying to poke fun of Accidental, yeah, I can't pronounce this word. Accidentalism, existent, excellent, yeah, Ah, existential. Oh, for God's sakes, I cannot <laughs> talk. Existentialism. Look at that. I finally said this. So it's a book about that. And the duck, the duck is poking fun about that. And, you know, this is beyond a, a kid's comprehension, let alone what you're trying to, trying to aim for as a goal. That's, it's not a typical character that I would think that's funny. Or, sure, let's go with that angle. Um, when that was moved into the movies they kind of changed the the duck's personality whether he not being sarcastic or crass you know they're trying to make him more likable and kind of change the character overall so not that it was any better because the movie just 
unfortunately, because of Lucas, George Lucas, who really wanted to produce this, you know, a lot of the focus seemed to have been on just special effects to carry this whole movie. And then you have the situation where you have a small person playing Howard the Duck on top of that. So it's kind of awkward. And two, it came out in August, which is the other thing, too, is that some are blockbusters, to me, by the very definition is that you have May, June, and July. Anything that comes out in August is going to be pure crap. But Guardians of the Galaxies, which came out in August, proved to be the exception to the rule. And then the following year, it was Suicide Squad, which I still like. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But in any case, uh, it really did poorly in the theaters. And even though it's my co-host, Mr. Gene's favorite movie, uh, because that's Leah Thompson, but also Jeffrey Jones is in it, and a young Tim Robinson in this. Now, I will say that I'm going to have to revisit this because the music is done by John Barry. And he also had songs by Thomas Dolby. So I, I enjoy their stuff, both immensely. So I'll give it a fair shake. But it's something that I'm like, of all the properties, I never thought that would happen. I would rather have seen Conan the Barbarian be brought to modern day rather than talk about this duck. Now, because this is now moving to Hulu, and Kevin Smith had talked about this some time ago. He said, I'm involved in this project, and I can't get into the specifics, but he was really excited about this. So this is that project. So he is going to be writing, and it is going to be an animated series. So that's kind of cool, and they're actually adding other components, uh, not connected necessarily, but we are getting a... Um, Three other animated series. One is called Hit Monkey. Uh, we're getting Tigra and Dazzler. So if you are a fan of Dazzler, like I used to back in the 80s, uh, that's going to happen. And then a MODOK series, which is going to be created by Patton Oswalt, is also going to be part of this mix. So that's kind of cool for, for Hulu to kind of actually get more content away from Netflix um, only because you know Netflix is pulling and grabbing everything that's out there that's going to grab people's attention. So if they can create their own stuff, that's more power to them. Now, they're also trying to make a big power play against Netflix because with, this, with the Disney streaming service coming out, more, um, the, 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 the TV series of, Netflix, of the Netflix series, the Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Daredevil, and The Punisher pretty much are going to be close to com being completely done for any more of uh, the series. So rather than moving it all to the Disney Plus side, which because those are kind of R-rated TV shows, Hulu would make more sense. And considering that Disney does own part of Hulu, it would be probably the, the best of both worlds because Disney can still bring that into the fold, but not bring it into Disney Plus. Because Disney Plus 
is going to have to stay at least the PG-13 rating. There is no way they're going to bring over the dark stuff that Netflix was able to produce. So Hulu is going to be probably the best option to do this with. Now, putting all that aside, because this is now animated, you have to ask the question, well, who is going to play Howard the Duck? Now, in my head, I'm, I'm trying to think it's it sounding not like Donald Duck. And I think at one time, uh, Walt Disney was trying to sue Howard the Duck for being made or something like that because it resembles too much like Donald Duck. And I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I just think that, well, you had Seth Rogen, who actually did the voice of Howard the Duck in those two little quick cameos. Uh, maybe. I mean, he has done Bob, that blob thing uh, from Aliens versus Monsters. And, you know, he's done other voice acting as well. So I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea. I just don't think that if he has the time to do this, because he is still doing working on Preacher um, and a couple other series that I think I'm escaping me right now. But it should be something that's kind of on that level that it's not so really sarcastic, but you would want to have that kind of underlying tone that whatever he's saying, that it's not taken at full value. But in any case, I'm willing to kind of give this a, a, a go around. And like I said, I'm going to watch the TV, the TV, the, the actual uh, movie, since I still have it somewhere wrapped. I don't know why I got it, but I will give it a try. And maybe we'll talk about that in a future podcast when the new series comes out. And, you know, I'll give a try on the comics since it's been ages and Maybe it will hit differently with me now than it did back then, so who knows. All right, so I'm coming up onto my next break, and I'm going to come back and talk about Suicide Squad with James Gunn and not having Harley or the Joker in it. I'll be right back. Yes, yes, hello. Let's talk about the Flopcast. Every week we give podcast listeners a chance to come and join us in Chicken Town. Where we talk about Saturday morning cartoons, comics and science fiction conventions, music and concert reports, 70s and 80s pop culture, and for no good reason, chickens. Boy, we're weird. Oh, we are ridiculous. We're proud members of the ESO Network, and you can find us at Flopcast.net. All right, so for the next topic, we're talking about Suicide Squad. So, if you were a fan of the first one, like me, good news, there's a second one. If you're not a fan of the first Suicide Squad, good news, there's another one. (laughs) But this is going to be supposedly a relaunch. James Gunn, who, if you know, was a director of Guardians of the Galaxies Volume 1 and 2, was fired over some tweets that, you know, it, it could be construed as very offensive. But it all came out after the fact that while these tweets are several years old, 
It wasn't dug up until not too long ago, only a couple of years ago. So, is this knee in the right to do so? They have every right to do what they want because they have an image to uphold. But it wasn't so much of a problem when this was not discovered, meaning that because Gunn has been an advocate against Trump and other people um, have looked into past tweets or try to find up dirt to basically take them down a notch. Uh, kind of like what's happening with the, the governor of Virginia and how that scandal kind of blew up. So you have him off a project that we were all looking forward to, which is Guardians of the Galaxy 3. The script was already done. And then Disney said, no, we're off. No more. But now that seems to be kind of like they're going to do his script, but I'm like, without him, which is kind of a, it's a D move on top of that Uh, for Disney, D for Disney. Uh, But I don't think that's even appropriate. But moving that aside, we have an opportunity for James Gunn to get back to something familiar, but also make it, Guard uh, to make Suicide Squad a much better property, and not again for me. I appreciate what David Ayer was able to bring to a, 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 a different kind of movie in which we're dealing with villains as kind of like on a suicide mission, so to speak. So, and it was enjoyable. And yes, there were problems, and I'm not gonna comp- say that was better than. Batman versus Superman. I think it was a different thing that DC did. We haven't seen anything like that on Marvel side. So if anything, it was kind of like, you know, they took a risk. I thought they kind of made a good play at it. And other people thought, well, it's not even working considering how bad Batman versus Superman was. And this didn't seem to be any better. But that's okay. That's fine. So, with James Gunn taking over and knowing the sense of humor and fun that he has done for the Guardians movie, Suicide Squad definitely is along the same route. You can definitely see that being aligned perfectly. So, the question is, what about Harley and what about the Joker? Now, Jared Leto, who played the Joker, honestly was not the best Joker I think his idea or his version of it is a different take, more of a gangster version of the Joker, not necessarily um, maniacal. It wasn't jokey. I mean, it was kind of twisted at times. Not to say that I didn't enjoy the stuff that I saw. I just thought, you know, this is not a very Joker-heavy movie. You're not going to get that. And as far as Margot, Margot Robbie, who played Harlequin, knocked it out of the park. So uh, at one point before doing this podcast this week, literally said, we're not going to get those two characters back into the new Suicide Squad. And about 18 hours ago, <laughs> I just read, well, we might bring back one of them. The one that everyone likes more, <laughs> which is Harlequin. And that's okay. Because, honestly, look, 
we're going to get a, another Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. And Jared Leto's going to be doing Morbius, the Living Vampire. So we cannot worry about having Harley and Joker back in this sense. But Harley, definitely, I would love to have back. And, you know, she is going to be doing her own movie, which is already in production. Um, and it's called The Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which is scheduled to come out February 7th, 2020. And then The Suicide Squad that James Gunn is keeping fingers crossed that everything will go well will be released sometime in August 2021. So I, I want to say that this could be a fantastic thing for DC considering how well they have done with Shazam and sorry I think this will be a wonderful thing considering what they have done with Aquaman and how that made over a billion dollars and I don't necessarily want to say that you have to make a billion dollars to be successful but I would go with be as creative you can but keep that budget down there's no reason why you need to spend 200 million plus for a movie that, even though it worked at, at one point, I think you could be more conservative with that budget. As long as you can make a profit. And if you have movies that fans like, yeah, then you can go down a road in the future and up the ante. But for right now, we're kind of having that ship being righted. You know, you had Wonder Woman after Suicide Squad. The being the, the the point in which this is what you can do with a DC movie in the right hands. And then, of course, we got Aquaman, which is phenomenal on its own merits. And then we're going to get Shazam in a couple of months. Hopefully that will continue the trend, and I'm hoping that it will be, again, the continuation of this new direction for DC, and then down the road, you know, we want to get Wonder Woman in 2020, I believe, and then these two movies. So, yeah, there's still stuff that's still unsettled. Are we ever going to get a Man of Steel 2? <laughs> Are we going to get a Flash movie? That's still been up in the works. I mean, I don't understand what's going on. So, for right now, I think we, we need to have someone of James Gunn's caliber to kind of get the ship continuing. And I don't think you necessarily have to bring back Viola Davis as Wallace, um, as well as um, Will Smith as Deadshot. But DC needs to keep on going forward. And you don't necessarily have to continue this formed universe. I mean, eventually, yes, you're going to have to acknowledge that all these superheroes are taking place on Earth. Or the grand scheme of things, I would love just this for all of this to come to a head where you have acknowledgement, like they do on the CW TV shows about the multiverse. So if you can do that while well, on this Earth, this Batman exists, and in that verse, you have Titans, in which you have Robin. That is completely different from all, from all other Robins. So I have no problems when you have different properties doing different things within one brand. 
that's fine. Whereas Marvel, it's tied to one universe. And thankfully, the Spider-Man versus Into the Spider-Verse, you know, you acknowledge and you can do all these different types of Spider-Man stories or Spider-Women stories to be part of that mix. So I, I give DC some credit to kind of have a, a way out to explain the inconsistencies between like all the Batman movies. Like Matt Reeves is going to have a completely different take on the Christopher Nolan movies or his version is completely different from Tim Burton's version. Well, you can explain it all as the multiverse. Now, wouldn't that be cool to have all those elements into one movie in the future? That would be mind-blowing. All right, so that's going to be my take on James Gunn and the Suicide Squad. So give me a couple of seconds to come back, and I will wrap it up with Arrow, episode 150. Greetings, Starfighters. It's Sean from the Rusted Robot Podcast. Join me and the Rusty crew as we break down the latest geeky movie trailers, talk about TV, comics, toys, games, casting news, and all things nerdy. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the ESO Network, and at therustedrobot.podbean.com. The Rusted Robot Podcast, your source for geek since 2014. The Rusted Robot Podcast. Think about it. All right, so for the last segment, I'm going to be talking about Arrow. Why? Because this series has failed the city. No. It has reached 150 episodes, which is a, it's an amazing milestone. I have never thought that I'll be talking about Arrow have 150 episodes under its wing. That is truly astounding after all this time. And it's still going forward. I think putting the, the 150 episode aside, I, I want to talk about Arrow in general. The first five years, it was all about what had happened to Oliver on the island in those five years. So we were constantly, every season, having to do flashbacks of what had happened to him on the island and how it pertained to current events at that time in the series. And for the most part, it worked. Except that it got to be, I think... I think the third and, and the subsequent seasons after that, that it was just like enough of the island, but it had to play out for those five years. And, it, and by the time it got to the fifth season, it did wrap up that island. So I was kind of cool about that. So the question was, well, season six, you're not going to have any more island stuff, okay? And it was able to be successful. And I think... You didn't have, did have to worry about relying on the flashback sequence, right? Start off with season seven. We're getting a flash forward about events in the future going back to present day. So, oh, God. Okay. I'm, I'm a bit confused about this whole where this is going now. Because I thought we were kind of done with the flashbacks and the flash forwards. And like, again, you didn't really need to worry about that. Just tell really good stories. And But it's like, it's supposed to point into a, a bigger picture. And I get that. 
But the problem lies is that when you start off with the core characters of like, um, what's his name, John Diggle, you had Felicity Smoke, and you had Oliver Queen, you know, the, tri- the two, the three of them basically was a great trio, and you were able to kind of really sell the whole Team Arrow vibe. But over the years, you know, they've added more people, and more and more people means you're going to have to divvy up the storylines and give more people more things to do, or some who had a whole lot don't get a whole lot to do now. So everyone has to have a reason why they exist. And, you know, they killed off Detective Lance, who was head of the the, uh, the police force, and he's died off. I was kind of ticked off that... Um, Laurel Lance was killed off, but of course they brought back her doppelganger, which is from Earth 2, which is a black canary, uh, who does does actually have meta powers. But putting that aside, even with all its fault, you know, this is the, the Arrowverse that really helped launch the CW to have not only that show, but Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and even Black Lightning. So it has a big significance to DC that the show should be able to continue. But week in and week out, you know, it gets a bit to be a bit troubling because, again, how much of it's going to be about the big bad that's going to be over the whole season? How can you sustain that with a large cast like this? Well, luckily, when you do this kind of 150th episode, you get to do something different. And that, thank God it really did. Because not only did it have a different uh, style about it, right from the very beginning, the Warner Brothers title comes up like you're watching an actual movie, or in this case, a documentary. And... There's Detective Lance talking about vigilantism and how it's a bad thing. But then there are things that cops are not able to handle. So you have to have this happen. So, And then they showcase everybody. I mean, literally everyone has come back that has been part of this damn series. Even Ragman makes a cameo. I mean, and I really miss Ragman. Um but it's fantastic the fact to the point where when you watch this in the very beginning and you hear a narration to this documentary, it's Kelsey Grammer, which is funny to hear. They really kind of made this really serious. But after a while, as the camera's following the group, you know, they kind of play not into the camera, but it's like, you know, the whole mise-en-scene, trying to capture things as it goes, it's just kind of weird that it's happening on Arrow, considering that now he is now deputized by the, uh, the, 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 the police force so that now he is no longer needed to be wearing the damn mask. So it kind of works... I mean, after all this, you really needed to do something different. Just like my 200th episode, not that I'm doing a promo here, but the 200th episode also had to do something different than the normal sci-fi news that I do every week and then 
every once in a while, Gene and I do a movie review or we do the Bean Boozle game. So every once in a while, you have to kind of change things up. And I'm really excited about the fact that they did something completely different for their 100th episode. I mean, sorry, the 150th episode, because the 100th episode was for the, I believe, the second crossover in which um, Team Arrow was in an alternate universe, and basically Oliver Queen was going to marry Laura Lance, and he realizes it was all a dream. Um, so I don't know. It, it was It's a, a, a good offshoot of what they did before and keep on doing more creative stuff and just kind of have fun with that because in the end of the day when you have like Felicity she was fantastic in the very beginning with being the tech help but then you got Mr. Terrific coming in also doing the exact same thing and I'm like you're kind of duplicating the exact same thing and then you're lessening the effectiveness of those characters so after a while, you're going to have to decide what's going to happen. Is this going to go forward or which is going to f- like fall under its own weight? And I think now that we're introducing this whole flash forward thing and now that we have uh, another sister or half sister for Oliver Queen, I'm like, oh, my God, you you really are not so much jumping the shark, but you're pulling out too much stuff that... I don't know how much further you can going to make it. Honestly, I don't think we at this rate we can go and do a two hundredth episode. I, I think it's it, it might have already crossed that bridge. That I'm like, let's just treat this as if we're not going to get another season. Throw everything at it, whether it's more creative episodes like the one hundred fiftieth episode. But there has to be a certain point in which you're going to have to come to an end. I, I love Arrow for what it has done, but it's completely different from when it first started. And again, not that I don't want that to not change, but it does need to evolve and then come to an end at some point. And who knows? You know, I would love to see them come out every once in a while, maybe one or two movies, and continue the franchise that way. Because, again, week to week, it is a lot of stuff that they're putting out. So, And it's, the quality is it's really going down. But, again, I was really pleasantly surprised how much I really enjoyed episode 150. Because it reminds you how well and how much the series has come from. From basically being a joke at the very beginning to something that is a powerhouse at the very end. All right, so... That's going to be the end of my show. So don't forget, next Friday, the 22nd, that is going to be episode 200. So again, get yourself Scott Pilgrim and play our episodes. I think you will love that as well. So don't forget, on top of that, there's a bonus video. You will only see that on YouTube. So you can find my channel. So you'll see me doing my first Build-A-Figure for Mantis. So I'm really excited about that. So... You know, I'm happy to have done all these episodes and I'm taking a nice little break next week to go celebrate. So make sure you follow me on the various social networks. 
Remember, you can always email me at monstersci-fi-show at gmail.com. So again, thank you very much for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.